On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Raptors spanked the Milwaukee Bucks for a much-needed get-well win at home, and the offense just might not be the worst offense in the history of the NBA. Woohoo! Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is thursday november the second maybe you're listening to this very late on wednesday november the first either way i'm your host sean what they have been covering the toronto raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms you can find all my work over on the website that's busted at woodley sean you can find the show on instagram at locked on raptors and of course Come hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, baby. The link is in the description. And on a night like tonight, where the Toronto Raptors are humming, where everything looking is looking hunky-dory, the Discord is the place that you want to be. It's free to join. The link is in the description of the podcast. Uh, if, if that's ever expired, you can shoot me a DM and join us in there that way as well. We'd love to see you join our little Locked On Raptors family over there on the Discord server. It was super fun being in there tonight watching that 130-111 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, reminder, you can also find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit the big subscribe button over on YouTube. Also hit the little bell notification button so you get a heads up every single time an episode's about to premiere. Much appreciated to all those who subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you haven't yet and you like the show, even if you're not going to watch the videos, just subscribe and juice the stats, please. It makes me feel very good and helps us with, you know, algorithms and all of the things that make us uh, popular on the internet. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's a $150 bonus if your team wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. Let's dive on in to a very fun, very thrilling, very refreshing and much needed win over the Milwaukee Bucks. 130 to 111. We're going to dig into all sorts of stuff from this game. Scotty Barnes doing Scotty Barnes things again. And I just kind of want to spend the middle part of the show gushing about Scotty Barnes, if you'll allow me the space to do that. Uh, we've got the good, the bad, and the hmm coming up later on. Some nice stuff from a guy like, I don't know, Otto Porter Jr. in this game. Very, very good stuff. But off the top, we got to talk about the offense, which had itself a get well game. And it was so, so needed after the depths to which this offense had fallen over the course of the first part of the season. Uh, in this game, the Toronto Raptors get help from everybody's favorite best pal, positive regression to the mean, and put up a half-court offensive rating in this game of 102.3 points per 100 possessions. Amazing stuff. Uh, after toiling away through four games around the 75 points per 100 mark, per clean the glass you get across that 100 mark the Raptors weren't even the best half court offense team in this game the Bucks actually had 107 half court offensive rating in this game um but the Raptors did exactly what we've kind of been saying all along they need to do with how good their defense is their offense does not need to clear an especially high bar they had been significantly below that bar for the first part of the season 
really nice to see it all kind of come back crashing in a big wave of that sweet, sweet positive regression in this game. And they did like a, a lot of things that I don't necessarily think are like terribly unsustainable. Yeah, you're not going to get five of eight on threes from Pascal Siakam every night. You're not going to get four of six on threes from Scotty Barnes every night. But like 15 of 38 from deep, that's a 39% clip. It's really good. It's better than what the Raptors were capable of for most of last year and probably better than what they'll be capable of most nights this season. But it's not some outlandish 53% mark like they had in that game against the Sixers. This was, I think, like a pretty ho-hum, you know what, just a really good shooting night for a team that generated a lot of really good looks in this one. And, you know, credit to, I think, a little bit the Milwaukee Bucks for just not really seemingly having things sorted out on defense just yet. I feel like this Raptors team with like a lot of scouting and all of that can be pretty easy to kind of carve up as a defense and figure out, all right, we're not going to go and uh, chase this guy over this screen. We're not going to, you know, make this mistake here and there. The Raptors, I think, you know, in the longer haul will be easier to scheme for, but this Bucks team was not ready for what the Raptors were throwing at them tonight. You couple that with 15 offensive rebounds. I thought this was by far the Raptors' best rebounding game of the season, a thing that, you know, kind of powered their offense both ways, right? It powered them in the offensive end, just, you know, crashing the glass. Yaka Pirtle, five offensive boards, or sorry, four of them. Scotty Barnes, five offensive boards. You know, that's uh, Otto Porter Jr. had a couple of them as well. 15 as a team, again. That's fantastic to see. Uh, what was the number? Let me pull it up here on the offensive rebounding percentage. A 43.8% offensive rebounding percentage for the Raptors in this game. Just truly outstanding. And so anytime that first shot offense wasn't working, they had someone collecting that miss 44% of the time. That's fantastic. And that's kind of, I think, more in line with what this team wants to be. Not that that extent or anything like that. Obviously, these one-game samples are always going to be kind of tilted to the extremes, especially when you win 131-11. But I think they kind of tapped into what they want this identity to be a little bit more. You go to the defense as well, which also powered the offense. Not the half-court offense necessarily, but this was a really good defensive performance. And they cleaned up the glass beautifully in this one. The Bucks come in just seven offensive rebounds in this game. 24% offensive rebounding percentage. Not what you want to see uh, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks in this case. Um, and I, I just think the, the Raptors used those really sound sort of box outs to gang rebounding, whatever it was. You got two guys in this game and double-digit rebounds. You use that to power a really, really devastating transition attack, which buoyed up the offense even further outside of the pretty nice half-court night they had uh, in transition to this game. You ready for this? The Raptors scored 185.7 points per 100 possessions uh, in transition against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Uh, obviously, again, small sample, but that goes in line. They've been really, really devastating on a per-possession basis in transition. A big change from last year where they just were not very good at converting in the open court despite all the times they ran. They were middle of the pack when it came to efficiency on the run. You know, I, my inkling coming into this season that was that like the biggest sort of uptick that you'd see from the departure of Fred Van Vliet and the replacement of Dennis Schroeder would be that the transition game would be better. It would just be more efficient. There would be fewer possessions wasted with, you know, bad Fred drives too close to the rim, you know, not being able to finish, not being able to kick out, all that stuff. And this, again, was kind of like the blueprint for what the Raptors are going to want to do. And I also just thought the half-court offense looked a little bit sharper in this game, right? There are still always going to be the issues. They're not going to be this good. It's probably going to settle somewhere in between what they've been so far this year and what they were tonight. 
But we saw in this game that, you know, there are ways to create looks and get your guys in spots where they can go to work, right? There were a couple like pretty early offense OG and an OB blow buys when they when he had mat matchups he could exploit. Um, that was really nice to see. You know, poor Malik Beasley, I think a couple times just caught totally flat footed, unable to stick with him. They had a couple beautiful sets where they got Pascal Siakam open on the wing with flare screens. You know, one in particular where he kind of darts over to the right. Schroeder hits him with the ball, and he's just got all sorts of space in front of him to chew up. Scores over Bobby Portis with a really nice finish. That was a beautiful thing to see. Getting these guys into little spots where they can go and do the things they do best. Um, you know, Scotty Barnes, a couple improvised post-ups here and there, looking at hunting mismatches. This is what this team does well, and I was really encouraged to see tonight. You don't have to go back and check the stats and, and watch the film again just to sort of pull out a little bit more in terms of nuggets of how they manufactured better half-court offense in this game. But to my eye, it was a little bit more of, okay, let's just let the dudes who have these very clear strengths go and use those strengths, and then that kind of compounds, right? Because the team real, the defense realizes, oh, damn, we got to go double Scotty Barnes, double Pascal Siakam. You swing around and you're getting really good looks out of that. And again, you know, the looks are all going to be not created equal. Sometimes they're looks by guys who are not people you really want taking threes or, or whatever it might be. But if Dennis Schroeder is going to, you know, come in and hit two of four a night, which, you know, it feels like he's super eager to take these threes. He's had super high end seasons in his career where he's flirted with, you know, above league average three point shooting, especially on catch and shoots, not so much as a pull up guy. But there are ways to manufacture better looks for this offense than they've had so far. Again, it's not always going to be this smooth. The Bucks just did not look ready at all for this Raptors team tonight. Uh, like they hadn't watched what had dogged them in the half court for the first four games of the season. They're still sorting things out, but just a, a really, really encouraging offensive night to see things run a little bit more crisply, a little bit more um, in motion. And I think too, you know, you get one of 13 from deep in this game from Gary Trent Jr. and Grady Dick. You're not going to get that every night either, right? Like these things are all going to balance out. And, you know, if you have an average night from those guys and even the slightly below average night from a Scotty and a Pascal, then all of a sudden, you know, you're still kind of it's all coming out in the wash. And, you know, the Pascal threes are really fascinating. He's had a couple of really big nights, a couple stinkers, obviously, 0 of 6 on Monday against the Blazers. The big one that stands out. But for the most part, he's taking these in rhythm. He's getting a lot of wide open looks. That little pick and pop action with Dennis has been really nice. And, you know, like it or not, like <laughs> these looks are going to be open because teams aren't really all that concerned about a lot of the guys taking threes in this offense, be it Scotty Barnes, be it Pascal Siakam. If they're going to make teams pay for those and have enough of sort of that on tape over a long period of time, that is going to change how defenses have to guard the Raptors. And that's going to make things easier down the line. We're still a ways away from the scouting report changing on this Raptors team, but, uh, you know, really encouraging stuff from Pascal in this one. You know, I'd like to see him get more than five two-point attempts, but we're nitpicking here. This was an awesome game, and the offense really kind of finding itself, not just in transition, uh, but finally in the half court was, uh, was really, really refreshing to see. Again, it's not going to be like this every night. There will be nights where it's ugly, where it's nasty, where the threes aren't falling, where they go four of 29 or whatever. Although probably not many of those nights. Like that was a crazy outlier bad night in the game against the Blazers. Um, I thought the quality of the looks in this game was really nice. And, and I just think like there will be more from the bench guys too, especially with Otto Porter Jr. Apparently now in the mix as we'll get to in the final segment of the show. Before we do that, however, 
I do want to dive into what we saw from Scotty Barnes again in this one. 21-12-5, a steal, two blocks, a plus 14, uh, just three turnovers, which, you know, he's kind of battled that a little bit. It seemed like the turnovers were going to get way out of hand for the Raptors in this one. They had like six in the first four minutes. Not so much the case, just 16 over the course of the full game. So they recovered there. But Scotty, really, really good game. And it wasn't just on offense. The defense with him is Pretty startling to behold. We'll get into that and why I'm just so, so bloody impressed by every facet of Scotty Barnes's leap in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Uh, quite simply put, it's the single best place to go and play daily fantasy sports and it's super simple to play as well like i am not super interested in like learning new things that are difficult or complex prize picks is not that it is super straightforward all you got to do is pick two to six players and whether they will get more or less in a given stat projection courtesy prize picks if you get all six of those right you can win up to 25 times your money that is pretty sweet with the basketball season here you can now pick combo projections across football basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions. That is fun. That is how you really spice up the daily fantasy experience. Go check out prize picks. They're super duper fun. Again, super easy as well. You get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that are going to make prize picks or what exactly make prize picks. That is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go right now to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day. Thank you so much for hanging out as we uh, react to a very fun win over the Milwaukee Bucks, and a really fun thing about this game, the most fun thing about the season so far this year, Scotty Barnes, man, with every passing day, the Scotty Barnes leap becomes more real. We're five games into it now. You want to say nine and tack the preseason on? I don't care. Let's get stupid with it. Scotty Barnes has been awesome, and it's not just been on the offensive end. You know, he has been otherworldly defensively at times this season you know there's still moments here and there taking on smaller guards where he's going to get beaten stuff like that dame lillard had his way with him a couple times tonight but for the most part scotty has just been kind of the whole package all over the floor and it's just driving so much of the good things that the toronto raptors are doing um and you know obviously plenty of good things to like Tonight, again, a 21-12-5 line, 8 of 16 shooting, 4 of 6 from deep. Just got to the line one time. You'd like to see more than that. I'm sure we will see more than that. Um, you know, a block, two blocks and a steal. Really, really great stuff, once again, from Scotty Barnes. And some of the things that really stood out to me, you know, obviously the hitting threes is awesome. He looks like he's just ready for them. He's not going to be this good all the time, right? There are going to be those clunker nights. Four of six is a really nice night from Scotty Barnes. If you can get, you know, one of three, two of five, stuff like that, like that is just the bar you're looking for from Scotty Barnes. Keep the defense honest and like have possessions where you can bail something out with a wide open Scotty Barnes three. Keep that up. And if he can be a 35, 36% guy, that is a massive, massive leap from where he's been and makes all of this much more tenable. Same goes for Pascal Siakam. If you have... You're starting five, and right now you like you kind of look at it, and it's all Dennis Schroeder, not much of a shooting threat. Pascal, not much of a shooting threat. 
uh, Scotty, not much of a shooting threat. Yak, obviously not a shooting threat at all. Like if those guys start creeping up towards league average or better, like that is so, so meaningful again, because the defense that those dudes are capable of playing is so good that you don't need to have the number one half court offense in basketball to make this whole thing work. Um, you know, Scotty, just where do you even begin? There's just so many things to pull from. The threes were great. Um, he had one possession in this game that just like made me like, you know, we did the thing with with Vivek when we were talking about what sounds that we made watching Scotty Barnes hit a pull up three against the Blazers on Monday, doing the same thing, making weird sounds, making my wife very confused in the next room as Scotty Barnes in the fourth quarter of this game has Giannis on him. He drives, he sloughs him off and scores, just lays it in. Like that is impressive stuff. Giannis, you know, he's not been amazing defensively so far this season. This Bucks team has been kind of a nightmare on that end so far, but Giannis remains one of the best defenders alive, and Scotty Barnes just kind of went through him like he was butter with a hot knife and scored, and he did that on the heels of a possession, or, a, or just like in the midst of a, sec, a, a whole bunch of possessions where he was guarding the hell out of Giannis as well. There was a bit of a pivotal time in this game, right? You know, Start of the fourth quarter, Raptors are up 16. Scotty hits a big three going into the fourth to kind of save what was a bit of a teetery end of the quarter with OG and foul trouble, a very bench-heavy lineup in there. Um, and, you know, Giannis kind of getting to the lineup bunch and just sort of it seemed like they were chipping away a little bit. The fourth quarter comes around. OG picks up that fifth foul in the early part of the quarter. And you're thinking, uh-oh, like, is this going to be like a redo of the Bulls game where they're up 15 with four minutes left and they totally choke it away because the offense dies? Uh, not what happened in this game and the offense certainly did its job, but also you lose OG and you just can say, all right, Scotty, you're the primary on Giannis now. And he absolutely menaces Giannis on a couple possessions as the primary. That's important. That's interesting. That is like, mark that down because OG has typically been like the salve for this team defensively. Right. And has been the guy who is sort of, all right, you stick him on the guy you need to neutralize. If you have Scotty Barnes capable of handling that assignment, like that opens up a world of possibilities. Um, you know, Giannis is a very particular guy. Right. And I think just truly the thing that stands out is Scotty having the strength to handle Giannis on those one-on-one -on -one bully drives. That's really incredible. Uh, you know, I don't think he had that last year. He was not as sort of broad through the chest as it were. Um, he just like the sort of top to bottom reconfiguration of the type of shape Scotty Barnes seems to be in is having dividends all over the floor. It's on the rebounding when he's grabbing boards and running like a madman down the floor. It's what, you know, just kind of having the energy to go full bore for longer stretches of, the, of these games. And of course uh, on the defensive end, like he's just, he's just built, man. He's thick. He's strong. He can stay in front of really big, mean bully wings. And if you have multiple options to throw on those types of players, typically the best types of players in the NBA, that's a really beautiful thing. And Scotty Barnes, as much as the offensive stuff has been thrilling to watch this season, watching his defensive, you know, watching all the sort of gears fall into motion, everything kind of fall into place for him as a defensive player has been just as, if not more stark than what he's done so far as an offensive player, which has been bloody impressive. I mean, the dude was hitting step back threes in the first quarter of this game. It's all awesome with Scotty Barnes. I did not think that this sort of across the board leveling up was frankly, realistic or even fair to expect of Scotty Barnes coming into this season. 
and he's doing it. And if this keeps up, I mean, it's five games now. Like we have something of a sample building here of Scotty Barnes just being this dude now. Um, if this keeps up and persists, I mean, the whole context of this team, team changes. Obviously, like there will be conversations all season long about what the moves are, what everything is, but those conversations become very different if Scotty Barnes is looking the part of a dude, capital A, capital D, and that informs what you can do with a Pascal Siakam or an OG Ananobi or whatever else this roster is going to be if Scotty Barnes is already looking like that kind of guy. I mean, what were we talking about last season, the season before, of the kind of ideal vision for what this could be was Scotty ascends and becomes like the number one guy on the team, and you have Pascal Siakam there as a ready-made number two, a guy who we've all agreed is kind of best as a number two anyway. Like, that's a vision that actually makes some sense right now with the way Scotty Barnes is playing. Again, it's early. You don't want to jump to conclusions. The contract stuff with Pascal is weird, and there's plenty to sort out, lots of murkiness there. But, man, oh, man, it, it is a really, really cool thing to see Scotty Barnes doing what he's doing right now. Um, you know, he, he just, it's everywhere, right? The, the scoring from two-point range, he was just four of ten tonight. Um, but the touch on those sort of floater range jumpers and uh, those sort of touch shots, those push shots around the rim that were going for him as a rookie were not going for him last year. They're going again in an even higher clip, and he's just so bloody efficient. The touch looks awesome. The strength, again, kind of fighting through contact to finish is way beyond where it was last year. It's just top to bottom with him, man, and he's just stuffing the stat sheet. We love Scotty Barnes. It's an absolute treat to watch. And uh, this game, I thought, you know, wasn't as flashy as maybe offensively, although he had some really nice moments. Um, but I, I thought this was probably top to bottom, both ends of the floor, the best game Scotty's played this season. Uh, really, really impressive stuff. And a very unassuming 21 points on 16 shot attempts. That's uh, that's really good work. You'll take that every single night. And again, you found spots for other guys to get their looks and get to their spots around i mean the starters in this game were fantastic holy hell 26 for pascal on 13 shots og 16 on seven of seven um you know dennis schroeder 24 on nine of 13 you're not going to get this type of production from the starters every single night obviously this is a totally out of the norm shooting night across the board um but Jakob pertel 14 and 11 with four blocks on seven of 10 like this is what these guys are capable of I still have my concerns about the fit with that particular lineup with the starters, but you can't argue with the results right now. And like the, the numbers on that group, they're growing and they look pretty darn good so far. I mean, there were a plus 35 plus plus 33.5 net rating coming into this game in 82 possessions, very minimal time. That's probably going to go up. They were really, really impressive in this game where the starters and, uh, Scotty Barnes, big part of that. He just kind of lifts everything up. And when you have a dude who's that good, it's, uh, Pretty bloody exciting. We're going to come back on the other side. Speaking of exciting, Otto Porter Jr., baby. He's in the rotation, and he looks fun as hell. We're going to get into that in just a second. The good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show, as we always do, breaking down games here on the show. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. Right now, you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $100, $150, that is, in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Simple as that. It's just one bet you got to win, and you get that $150 in bonus bets to go and play with. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, that type of deal is the perfect reason to get on board and get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. 
I've been saying go to FanDuel and take the under on the Raptors in most of these games. I hope you didn't listen to me ahead of this game against the Bucks. Um, you got the Sixers tomorrow. Maybe you take the over. Ride the positive wave of offense for this team. The positive regression wave. It's beautiful. Maybe you go take the over on the Raptors against the Sixers tomorrow. Maybe you don't. Do what you want to do. You're smarter than I am. But uh, you can go to FanDuel.com and go and make those bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season in style or make whatever bets you want to on the NBA, the World Series, if that's still going on. Baseball's dead to me after the Blue Jays lost, but you get my point. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Go right now. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, rounding out the show here with the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we close out every game recap show here, or game recap here on the show. It's late. I don't have much brain power. My brain has no money. That's okay. Um, the good. Otto Porter Jr., we finally got the sighting. It's been a while. There's been concerns. Is he even alive? Is he ever going to play on this team? No, I, I think they were they were saying what they were doing with Otto Porter Jr. leading through training camp and into the season. He didn't play for a very long time. It's been like 10 months, nine months since Otto Porter Jr. played basketball. And he's a guy who's been prone to injury his entire career. It would make sense that you ramp him up slowly. And I'm not surprised he was kind of the last of the wing rotation guys to get a look here. But man, does Otto Porter Jr. look like he could be a beautiful addition to this team? Again, everything you get from Otto Porter Jr. is gravy this season. You know, I don't think you can expect him to play whatever is going to be 75 games from here on to the end of the season or whatever. But uh, anything you can get from Otto Porter Jr. is great. He was a plus 11 off the bench in this game. Best of all the bench players in, in, in this one for the Raptors. And he just does stuff that makes easier. It makes life easier for everybody else, right? Like he is, he's, just like the perfect old slow man who makes it like basketball work better. Is that like a pretty easy way to put it? He helps to like, he's going to be so key in this as is Gary Trent jr. As is Grady Dick. Um, as I thought Jalen McDaniels was before he got put fully in the doghouse. Um, didn't play tonight. Didn't even get garbage time run. We'll see what happens with Jalen McDaniels. There'll be times I'm sure he'll get back in, but and even Malachi Flynn with his theoretical shooting and, you know, he had an actually nice game tonight. He got a hug from Darko. That's nice to see. But, you know, in particular, Grady Dick, Otto Porter Jr. And Gary Trent Jr., these guys who bring real credible catch and shoot three point shooting to the table. These are guys are going to be key because we talked about the starters. They had an awesome night tonight. It's not always going to be that smooth because the fit is just tough, right? Until teams start defending the three point shots of Pascal and Scotty and Dennis Schroeder differently, it's going to be difficult for those dudes to create a ton of space, especially against good defenses that have their stuff together in a way that Milwaukee Bucks did not tonight. Um, but when you have guys like Porter and Dick and Trent, you can kind of put them into these lineups alongside starters. And all of a sudden you have good, talented guys kind of running the show and then real complimentary supporting pieces that give them space to go do what they do best offer, offer up driving lanes, give outlets for catch and shoot threes, you know, there was a beautiful, beautiful pass from Scotty Barnes in this game to Otto Porter Jr. for his first three. He's posting up on the where the spacing. He's posting up on the right block, and he double comes, and Otto's in the far left corner, and he just whips a dart to Otto, and Otto cans it. That's beautiful stuff. That's great, awesome, simple basketball. And a guy like Otto Porter Jr., who's going to hit threes for you, play defense for you, rebound for you very well, 
Um, I mean, that's a perfect fifth guy to have in a lineup to tie together these disparate parts that the starting lineup kind of have. And I've been a big proponent, I think, early on in the season of seeing these different looks of lineups where you have two or three starters and you're sprinkling in those bench guys who fit well alongside them to kind of enhance the fit of the starters that are in those lineups together. Um, and so Otto Porter Jr., he looks very old again. He looks slow. He looks like kind of cumbersome out there. I'm pretty sure he's wearing Skechers or some sort of old man shoe to keep those feet intact. Uh, don't care if he's going to play and you know play 16 minutes of really, really excellent role player ball like he did tonight. Fully in for the Otto Porter Jr. experience and really glad to see him back on the floor. It's been a while, man. It's been a long, long time since he played an NBA game in the regular season. And uh, good for him to get back out there. And uh, it's a ton of fun to watch. The bad, look, there's not much bad from this game. I'm not really going to linger on anything. I guess Grady Dick missing all of his threes is not great. You know, he goes one of eight from deep. But at the same time, I can't get that mad about this game because he did a lot of fun stuff. He took a charge on Giannis, for Christ's sake. Like, good on him. I I think the quote he had after the game was if Giannis was at full speed, he would have been dead, which is funny. Uh, He's got a sense of humor about him. We like to see that. And again, you know, he missed his threes in this one, but... He just does so many good things on the floor, does Grady Dick. Just the way he moves, the way he understands how space works, the way he knows how his movements are going to shift the defense and make it easier for somebody else somewhere otherwhere, otherwise on the floor. And like, there's a reason he got open for eight threes in this game. He has a great knack for getting to the spots where he's going to be open. And those are going to start falling at some point. The, the levy is going to break. And Grady Dick is going to have, I mean, he had the four of six game already against the Sixers. So we've seen it happen. Um, but like the levy's going to break and he's going to have like a seven, eight, three night. And it's going to be truly awesome to see. Um, he's just a smart basketball player, man. And like, yeah, he'll get targeted on defense once in a while. He fouled Giannis on an and one in this game at one point. Um, but he, he's just like, he, he's smart. He knows where to stand. He knows where to be defensively. He knows the rotations he's trying to make. Um, you know, Darko talked a lot about him kind of, catching up to the speed of the game for the most part it seems like he's there right like he can make a play he can get the ball on the catch and not just shoot a three but he can put it on the deck make the next pass and boy oh boy did he make some kick-ass passes in this game too just some really sick feeds um you know kind of through weird circumstances wrapping around guys over top of guys um really really good stuff from grady dick other than the three-point shooting which i guess is the bad for this one but you know you have a night where you shoot 40 percent, and grady dick is the one of eight guy you'll take that you'll uh because that that's gonna sort of you would think flip back a little bit in terms of our again our dear friend positive regression to the mean it's coming for grady dick it's it's he's doing too much well for the threes not to eventually fall let's get to the hmm speaking of grady dick and speaking of you know kind of the the concept of these auto porter grady dick gary Trent jr type players piecing together these in-between lineups i think we might have perhaps one of our first sort of core in-between groups emerging I think I kind of like it. it. You know, the returns have not been great so far, but the lineup, Dennis Schroeder, Gary Trent Jr., Grady Dick, Pascal Siakam, Yaka Pertl, uh, that lineup had been the fourth most used lineup for the Raptors so far. Just 15 possessions. They got pasted in those possessions. No scoring, awful defense, whatever. It's 15 possessions. It doesn't really matter. I, I would have an inkling those numbers are going to go up significantly after tonight. So I thought that lineup looked pretty good. Again, that was the lineup they had out there when they had that really nice action. They ran for Pascal to get him open on the wing for an ISO against Bobby Portis when he scored. That was nice to see. Um, and I just think that lineup, 
makes sense conceptually to me, right? You have Dennis out there kind of running the show. You can run pick and roll with Jakob Pertl. Pascal Siakam's out there to either run stuff on his own, ISO on his own with spacers around him, or you know maybe he can run a little pick and roll with Yak here and there. Like There's lots of fun little combinations you can run with those guys. Um, you have the Dennis Siakam pick and roll you can run with maybe you know Yak in the dunker spot, guys spaced out with Grady and, and Gary Tran Jr. And look, Grady, Gary Tran Jr. is not shooting well right now. 0-5 from deep in this game. Felt like there were a couple of those in rhythm threes that typically fall for him that are going to start to fall. Because like, he just didn't, he didn't forget how to shoot. And this is Gary Tran Jr. He's had spells like this before. Um, but I thought he did a good job getting to the rim in this one. Four of six on twos. You'll take that all day from Gary Trent Jr. And, you know, he's a plus eight. I think he was effective. I think he did kind of what you needed him to do in piecing these lineups together and just being an outlet to score um, alongside the, the rest of the dudes he's sharing the floor with. And I, I think I've, you know, got the, I think that lineup of Dennis, Grady, Gary, Pascal, and Yak has the Sean seal of approval as a sort of an in-between look that we could see the Raptors go to a little bit more here. Um, there are other lineups that I'm sure they're going to test out and other lineups that I haven't been frankly a huge fan of. I'm not really keen on these Scotty and or Pascal with four bench guys looks. Um, particularly the Pascal one seems to not have a lot of juice. You know, you have like Flynn and Boucher and, and Grady and Gary out there with Pascal hasn't really worked. The Scotty ones have had a little bit more in terms of moments here and there, but um, not really my favorite. Obviously, they did close out the the quarter and the third quite nicely with that Scotty three to close it. But um, for the most part, you know, I would like to see more than one of the starters in those groups, probably. But um, you know, it, this is a process, right? Like this is a feeling out thing. And I, I you know, I credit Darko Ryakovich for not going away from these looks immediately when they have one or two bad stretches in games. You need a bigger sample. You need to know, know a little bit more about what you're working with here. And we're starting to get a little bit more of a sample with this Dennis, Gary, Grady, Pascal, Yak look. And I'm pretty keen on that being kind of a go-to in-between look because it also opens you up for these Scotty OG looks where you can have uh, Gary Trent Jr. slide in there. You can have Grady Dick slide in there. Um, you you have like interesting combinations you can roll with the Scotty OG combo as well. Those guys fit very well off of one another. And if Scotty's going to be this dude, I mean, he can run any lineup he damn well pleases because he looks so damn awesome. It's great. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back again on Friday to talk about Raptors Sixers, baby. Um, might not do a post-game episode after that one. That'll be a Friday morning probably uh, with a little more lead time going into the weekend. But I uh, wanted to get this one out quick and early so it had a little bit more shelf life before the back-to-back. And I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, as always, please subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend. It's much appreciated when you support the show, however you support the show. And uh, join our Discord. Link is in the description. Come hang out. We'd love to see you in there. Lots of little sickos in there, just like you, talking ball, talking Raptors. And it's a great little place to be. And less toxic than most of the places in which the Raptors are talked about on the internet, which is a thing uh, that I pride myself on. It's a place where there's no a-holes. So come hang out. Uh, among a lack of uh, a giant lack of a-holes. It's great. Uh, <laughs> you can also, um, what else can you do? Hit the notification button on YouTube, get the reminders whenever the shows are premiering. You can check that out. And uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with the show. We'll talk to you again after the Sixers game. Three and three, anybody? I'm all right with it. Let's go. If not, hey, at least they got this game on the first half of the back-to-back. Tomorrow's gravy, baby. We'll talk to you Friday. Thanks so much for hanging. Bye. Bye.